Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. I'd like to kick off 2021 with a special episode featuring our Global Autism Project team. I'm joined by our CEO and founder, Molly Ola Penny, as well as five other members of our core staff, Cassie Hardin-Scott, Mandy Childs, Liz Castillo, Chung Tran, and Asia Davis. The seven of us have weathered through 2020 together and supported each other from different corners of the world especially during a time when the organization was on very unstable ground. I think many people will agree that you learn a lot about someone when you go through a pandemic with them, and certain bonds can even be strengthened when put under pressure. One thing I love about this team is our ability to communicate effectively and take action when needed. This has allowed us to shift our work and step into new possibilities with confidence. I wanted you to get a sense of our true team culture, so we've left some parts unedited for you to hear for yourself how we really treat each other like family. In this conversation, you'll have a chance to meet the staff behind the scenes and learn some fun facts about us. We discuss which values of the organization we most connect with, some obstacles we've overcome together, and how the company culture came to be what it is today. We also talk about what we've learned from 2020 and what we look forward to in the coming year. In this episode, discover what's possible when a team is guided by strong values. If you'd like to learn more about the Global Autism Project's history and mission, please listen to Episode 2 with Molly. You can also listen to Episode 23 to hear more about Cassie's role as Director of Outreach. We appreciate your time and look forward to sharing more stories with you this year. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project. And now I present you the Global Autism Project crew. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. I'm so excited to have you all on the show today. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited to be here. We're all like, "Mm -hmm." like, yeah. (laughs) We meet every week and have normal interaction, and now we don't know what to do. (laughs) Okay. So... Molly, you've been on the show to talk about the organization's history and our mission, but today I'd like for our listeners to just get to know our fabulous team. So let's start off with some introductions so you can go around, say your name, maybe your role in the organization and how that's shifted this past year, and also a fun fact about yourself. Liz, would you like to go first? Sure. My name is Liz Castillo. I have done a lot of work within outreach. My work has shifted with the 
pandemic and stuff, but it has always still been rooted with a lot of the work that we do with our community and all the outreach stuff. So that's been awesome that I've been able to continue to serve our community in that role, even through the shifts. And a fun fact about me is that I'm pregnant. I I don't know if everyone in our community knows that. So I'm expecting a second little one. And this time it'll be a boy. I already have a daughter. So it'll be a perfect little match. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Liz. And Cassie. I'm Cassie. I'm the director of outreach. My role has shifted a little bit, but I kind of like Liz, you know, my work has been rooted in connecting with our community, telling our story, you know, and by community, I mean our global community. So that's from partners to donors, to skill core members, to, you know, people that follow us on the podcast and social media channels, and just making sure that people know what's, what we're up to around here. Um, as well, My role has shifted a bit through our new program that we've launched, Leadership Academy. I've played a pretty big role in that, which has been so exciting and so much fun. It's always been one of my favorite things that we've done, and now it's kind of one of the main things that we do, which is awesome. A fun fact about me, I have 10 cats, uh, and the people that are watching the video, I'll show you my, my Christmas sweater. (laughs) the people that are listening it is a cat that's climbing up a christmas tree frantically so yeah i i'm a little bit obsessed with cats (laughs) just a little bit just a bit (laughs) okay and chung hey guys my name is chung initially i joined the global autism project as a program associate so i'm working in like building skill corps with Mandy and other like Deborah and then later on I think my role has shifted more in terms of uh, into operations finance or probably a floater wherever the people need me I'm gonna be there so yeah that's that's probably me I think one fun fact about me is that I I love food so (laughs) on my social media like Facebook you're probably gonna see a lot of pictures of me eating which is (laughs) Just in my natural happenings. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think one of the favorite activities that I just love to do with everyone is kind of like exchanging recipes and cooking and probably hanging out. We're probably going to be eating and having coffee. So that's a huge part of my life. All right. Thanks, Chung. And Mandy. Hey, I'm Mandy. And... Before 2020, I was the Skill Core coordinator, which meant that, you know, anybody who is applying for Skill Core, I saw their application come in. I reviewed all of their interviews, checked up on their references, made sure that they got a welcome call when they were accepted, helped them with fundraising, just everything really from the application coming in to you coming back to the United States from your trip and us you know, touching base with you then. I was involved in all of that. So if you are part of the Skill Corps family, I've probably sent you an email. Um, <laughs> I may have had a conversation with you. And as you know, in 2020, we couldn't travel. It wasn't safe to travel. So I've shifted to 
just a general like program coordinator. So, you know, whatever programs we're doing at the time, I'm kind of spearheading all of the communication and organization with that. So this year, I've been working really heavily with Benny Lorca, who is on a previous podcast episode from Early Autism Services to get their Leadership Academy up and running. So that was really exciting. I still was getting you know, human contact, even though we couldn't see people in person and we couldn't travel. So definitely this year has been a shift. I'm more used to going and getting on a plane and leading a trip. And this year I've been, you know, in front of a computer, just like everybody else. (laughs) And Liz and I actually have the same fun fact in that (laughs) I am expecting as well. And this is uh, my first child and he is due in March. So Liz and I are both going to have some little boys to bring on to this all girl woman power team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fun fact within your fun fact is that you guys are just a month apart, right? Yeah, Yeah, we are. It's almost to the day a month apart. So (laughs) exciting. Cool. And Asia. Hi, I'm Asia, and I am the marketing and business development director person. It's interesting because this year hasn't, in terms of like my role here, I haven't, like the actions that I take aren't really dissimilar. It's just the area of focus. So before I was really focused on, you know, making sure that we had Skill Corps members and that Skill Corps knew about the Global Autism Project. And now as we shift into our our new kind of area that we're working in, I'm more just focused on companies and making sure that companies know what we're up to when it comes to Leadership Academy and how we can help serve them and the field. And a fun fact about me is that I consider myself a tea connoisseur. I love tea. I have about... 20 bags of tea from all over the world sitting on my counter over there. And I love it. And my favorite tea this year is a lavender Earl Grey. No, no, sorry. It's not. It's a milk oolong. That's my favorite. They're they're, they're close. They're close. All right. And of course, Molly. Yeah, I am still the founder and CEO of the Global Autism Project. (laughs) That being said, my day-to-day work has shifted tremendously this year in a lot of ways. The best part is I'm still in communication with our partners around the world and this team and other people we've collaborated with. But I I believe, as far as I know, I'm still the founder and CEO of the Global Autism Project right now. It's been a wild ride in, in year 17 for us, something that we not 2017, 17 years of doing this, to be clear. And a fun fact about me, I feel like I can never think of fun facts. I don't know. I've lived in seven different places, probably. That's fun. I've driven cross country 13 or 14 times. That's fun, right? Here you go. Wow. Super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Not recently. I haven't gone far at all, but yeah. All right. Well, I think everyone knows me as the host. Um, I'll share a fun fact. So I can fall asleep anywhere. (laughs) And almost at any time, I remember when I was a kid, I would go to run errands with my mom and she'd put me in the back seat and we'd just be going like five minutes to the bank and she'd turn around and I'm asleep. And (laughs) it's been really helpful for long haul flights or, you know, just... (laughs) 
train rides, like, don't even need a pillow. So yeah, I can do that too, actually. Yeah. That's there you go. See? Really handy. That's yeah. 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 I think you kind of get used to it, right? Being in all of our skill core trips and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Molly puts herself into a full sleeping bag and zips herself all the way up to her chin the second you get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sticks her little hands out to try to get her get her meal. It's <laughs> it's hilarious. Like the original PPE. Yeah. <laughs> Molly just zips right up. So a few of us on this team, I think, have that special sleep travel skill. <laughs> right. It's true. Okay. So now I'd like to take some time to talk about our values as an organization. And maybe we can kind of go around and just talk about which one sticks out to you most and why. So anyone can start this. You can just jump in. I'll go first. Okay. A lot of people probably don't know, but before I had this job, I was a teacher. I taught for four, five years, (laughs) somewhere around there. And I've taught from third grade to fifth grade, general ed classroom, autism specific classroom, and I've done some RBT work as well. And my the value that sticks out to me is to presume competence. And what that means is just to presume that any task that anybody is given, that they have the ability to complete the task and to complete it you know, to their best ability and to get it done. And we don't just think about that in terms of our team. We also think about that in terms of our partners that we work with, in terms of the students at the centers and schools that we work with. And I think it's just so important because a lot of times, especially doing international work, an organization will go to a different country and just assume that the people that they're there to help can't do it themselves. And that's why their team is there because they can't do it. And that's completely different from the way that we view it. We, we know that they can do it. We just have different resources available to us and we want to be able to share those resources. And it's really come in handy um, in 2020 because it was such a shift this year and such a different year. And we just, you know, presumed competence of everybody on our team. And we were like, oh, this is something you've never done before great. We know that you can do it. We know that you're competent. We're going to give you a task just to take it on and run with it. And in the end, everybody's, you know, shown up and done great work. And it's just great to be a part of an organization that has that value because so many don't have that focus. Yeah. And I see that also, Mandy, with the people that we advocate for too. You know, the people with autism who are told so many times that they can't do something or that they're not good enough. And I think it's such an important message to model, you know, to presume competence in people too. Yeah, I completely agree. We've had self-advocates travel with us on Skill Corps trips. And since I've worked closely with Skill Corps, you know, that's kind of the realm that I have been in for a while. And it's true, you know, going out on an international trip alone with a group of strangers for two weeks. These self-advocates have come and done the trip and done amazing work. And, you know, like you said, growing up at different times in their life, I'm sure they've been told, you know, oh, you can't do that. You would never be able to do that. And that's just where that presuming competence comes in. We know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We know that people can do it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mandy. 
I'll go next. Okay. My value kind of goes kind of hand in hand with Mandy's, which now that I think about it, I think all of our values probably lock together. That's how that works. <laughs> but my favorite value is embrace failure. I think everybody probably knows that about me too, that that is just my, my absolute favorite. Failure within our team is is not something to shy away from. And it's something that I think is very true to our team and true to our year in 2020 that we really, you know, jumped at that. You know, the value is embrace failure. It's not welcome failure. It's not be okay with failure. It's not learn from failure. It is look for it, embrace it, love it, hold it, cherish it. That's that's what we mean when we talk about embrace failure. And I think that's something that's that's true to Mandy's point too about presumed competence is like there's no such word as no for us. There's no possibility that something can't happen, can't be done, can't be changed, can't be transformed. We just take every single opportunity to learn and grow and embrace failure. You know, failure is not an ugly word to our team. So that's something that really speaks to me. Yeah. Mandy and Cassie both took two of my favorites, although I don't have a favorite value. But the one that really stands out this year, I think, is foster innovation. While we're innovating on a smaller level for the past several years, this year required like a brand new level of innovation, a brand new level of of creating solutions that made old problems obsolete and of doing things in a way that we never thought we would be doing them. You know, our Leadership Academy was always a live event. In fact, when we learned we couldn't travel internationally, we created Leadership Academy as a live event to take place in New York City. When we learned that no one was going to be traveling to New York City in late March, we brought the entire thing online. And I think that you know, just thinking through our values. Also, this is allowing us to make a sustainable impact in a bigger way. That's another one of them, in a bigger way than, than we had been able to in the past. So it's, it's really exciting. I think I'll go next. It goes hand in hand with that, what everyone's saying. Again, they all go hand in hand. But as I hear you guys talking, it just reminds me how, even though like we have these things pop up that require us to change the way we do things or have us innovate new things or new programs. Every step of the way, we're checking in as a team and we're celebrating those accomplishments. Um, And that's one of our values. And I think that it's a value that's rooted from the very core of the work that we do and across throughout like our community. Like we celebrate individual accomplishments from the advocates that are involved in our community. We celebrate accomplishments in our personal lives as a team. We celebrate accomplishments as an organization and those that we do work with. So it's just, it's incredible to see that we take the time, especially in a year like 2020, that we take the time to celebrate those accomplishments no matter how big or how small and on what level and for who in our organization, it's across the board. And I think that's really important because you can get lost in all of the work and all of the, we just need to keep moving and all this. And I think as a team, we've done a really great job that even throughout all of the things that have happened throughout this past year, we've checked in and we've celebrated accomplishments across the board. So I think I really love that, that value. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you, Liz. You just picked something that I want to talk about, Gee. <laughs> yes, I think one of my favorite 
in all of our values is actually to stay curious. And I just want to tell you guys backward story a little bit because I joined this team fresh out of college. And that means that I was so ready to just like apply everything, like literally everything that I learned in schools. And I was like, I got this, like, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. But then like when I got into this work and especially with this team, I learned that there's always, always things that I don't know how to do. And then things that I don't know that I don't know, which is something that like, I talked to so many, many people about this is like, there's always things that you don't know, you don't know. So this is why it just hit me that this is a growth mindset that I'm just so happy to have. Like, I'm just so happy that everyone on my team has this growth mindset, that they are always room to grow. It's always room to learn more, even though we've been doing this work for 17 years. Molly stood out as one of the stars in my mind that just like, ooh, I actually don't know this. Let's find out. And I was like, this is impressive as not only a leader, but also, you know, as a teammate, she herself is, is constantly innovating herself. And then this value just stick with everyone when everyone's just like facing a set, a certain challenges and we were just like, ooh, this is something new and we want to learn, we want to grow. So I feel like it's it's definitely something that stays with me and it just helped me to go through all the challenges with an open mindset. It just helped this whole team to go through this year, wanting to learn more and grow more and to figure out what else can we do. So stay curious. What a cool team. I love this team. <laughs> we love you, Chang. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. For me, my, my favorite one is cultivate leadership. And I think it's kind of like overarching, I feel like, of all the values in a way. And in a year where I think it's really obvious that leadership has been lacking in so many areas in our day-to-day lives, it's really refreshing to come to a place and to be a part of a team where leadership is is cultivated and encouraged and embraced. and you know, one of the things that I think is so key and that's allowed us to, you know, innovate and allowed us to like keep communicating is this idea that like we're all leaders, right? This is not one of a place where everybody's like assumed, like even like, like the assuming that you can do it, right? It's like, oh, you know, everybody steps up and takes it on no matter what's asked. And I think that's one of the things that you know, it's like this is a, a microcosm of what can be in the world and we're living it, right? And it's it's great to be a part of it. And I, and I think it's kind of like a little sanctuary outside, like here versus outside of, you know, when you, when you go out into like the quote unquote real world to be surrounded by people who, you know, who step up, who take responsibility, who own anything that they're working on, who are responsible for all of their actions and for all of it. And when that comes together, like magic happens. And like, I really do think that we're, we're creating magic here. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. As you guys were sharing, I kept thinking, oh, that's the one I was going to choose. That's the one I was going to choose. But then I love them all. So for the sake of saying the one that hasn't been spoken about yet, I want to talk about making a sustainable impact. And I think this can be applied in so many areas of our work. You know, if we look at the training that we were providing and are still providing our partners, fostering those critical thinking skills so that when we leave, 
what they're left with is something sustainable. Also, you can look at this in the skill core members and the training that we were providing them too. What we're offering them is something that they can then turn around and take back home with their clients, with their families. And if you also think about our own personal growth that we've gone through this year and as an organization and just pushing ourselves to be able to make that impact within our community so that it's all sustainable. I think it's really powerful, even just thinking about this podcast too, and how many stories we've been sharing and how many lives we've touched by people who are listening and then just them going off and maybe sharing a little tidbit with someone that they communicate with, or maybe it's making them think about something in a different way. So we're just given a different perspective and staying open. So that also ties into staying curious and fostering innovation. So, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add about the values? Well, I was just going to say that, you know, we revisit these values, right? We don't just have our values and say, okay, that's our values. Everybody, here we are and print it out every year. It's like, we revisit it all the time. And I'm seeing where some of our values, especially after this year around communication, I think that we've reached a new level of communication. Something about a pandemic will do that to you. There's no pretense. There's such realness in our lives right now that I just see and feel. And the other thing is I would propose a new value that is action creates clarity. And I think just, you know, we had no idea what anything was going to look like. Frankly, after we canceled the February trips, well, we thought we'd be able to travel in July and October for sure. By canceling the February trips, we had changed everything at this organization. So we just got into action and we stayed in action. And what we know is overwhelm and action can't exist in the same space. And I think the clarity that has been accomplished by just being in action, being in conversation, staying in communication with people, learning about what's needed in the world right now has been really cool. So when we meet as a team in early 2021 and revisit these values, I'll be proposing that to see if it's a fit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we do have a couple listener questions from Ashley Autumn09. And she wants to know, what obstacles have you overcome together? In which year? <laughs> <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> Can I start with a story? Um, yeah. As soon as I saw this question come in, I was like, oh. So at the start of the pandemic, where we didn't really know much about it, I mean, it's still scary, but it was just very unknown. And so my daughter, for the first time ever, got sick. And she had a fever. It was really high. Had to take her to urgent care. She had to get tested. And then there was like a wait period that was much longer at that point to get results back than it is now. And I just remember like not knowing what to do, how to feel or anything. And our whole team was spread out all over the world. But Molly had reached out to a friend who lives in Maryland. I live in Maryland. And they arranged for that friend to go to the grocery store and pick up like Pedialyte and like chicken broth and all the things to help make my daughter feel better because I could not go to the grocery store and take risk taking her out. And my husband works in the hospital. So I was pretty much just trying to handle it and keep it together myself. And I just remember thinking, wow, like this is, this is my team. And everybody was constantly checking in. And like Cassie would text me, Chung would say, how's Izzy doing? Mandy was checking in, Asia was checking in, everyone was checking in, you, Rachel checked in. And it was just 
such a comforting feeling, especially in that time when it was so easy to feel alone. And I think that as a team, like, even though it was more of a personal situation that was happening, like, they didn't just drop it and say like, oh, well, like, you can figure it out and come back to work when you're ready. It was more so like, no, like, we're here, we're with you, we've got this, we've got your back. And so for me, that was really big. And it spoke, like, huge volumes as to like, who I am working with in this team and who we are as an organization. So it that's like the first thing that popped in my head whenever I read that message that came in from Ashley. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think when one person has an obstacle, we kind of take it on as the team and it becomes everyone's obstacle. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, that's not one of our values, but maybe should be something we propose as well in January. It's like, you can't win unless I win. We win together. You know, it's a whole, it's a funny story that you share that, Liz, because I think that's a good example of something we do live by, that we are human beings that have jobs. There's not like this separation between personal life and professional life. Like we are persons that are professionals, you know, and I think that's, that's something that happens in a lot of work environments that's very different here, that we, we get that we get that we are people that have a personal life and have a job and the two can coexist harmoniously. And especially in this field, that's something, you know, from skill core, I've heard over the years is, you know, needing a better work life balance, needing a better, you know, separating personal life from professional life. And we just kind of step past that idea into something that's a bit more powerful. I think that's your personal life can thrive within your professional life if you've got the right team and the right kind of communication and the right approach to handling obstacles. This actually reminds me of something that I think is quite, of course, answering the questions, but also quite in the similar line. I think it was like back in March when, you know, we stopped all the travels and we stopped, you know, skill corps. And we were all sitting in the office, like, you know, at our oval table. And we have all our teams up on the screen. And it was the first time that I ever saw Molly's broke down because all of our revenue was cut off. And we were all very emotional that day because we don't think that our work will be continue and there was so much hardships in terms of finance and in terms of you know just how can we even keeping everyone safe during this time because it's such a such a huge thing hitting the the whole world not just the states obviously and I remember that day we were all just like being really sad but we still have like a couple other things like different things to do so after that everyone was like okay you know that's all right we're here for it but the next day, everyone was just back to work. Like, everyone was just like, I still have this thing to do. Like, no matter what happened at the Global Autism Project, I'm going to carry on with my work because I love the Global Autism Project. I love my work here. So everyone continues to work on what we are, whatever the way we're working on. And I feel like, whoa, like, what keeps this going is, is it's you know, it's crazy. It's not like, it's not something physical. It's not something like material. It's definitely something that is emotional and definitely connected all of us on a much more deeper level than just, you know, the job that we do. And I feel like that was the moment when I, I see everyone just like back in their normal everyday habit. I was like, this is the team that I want to work with. So 
yeah, I think that's that's one of the memory that just stood out for me throughout these years of like, that no matter how hard it is, uh, how hard it takes, that we're still gonna be we're still gonna be here because we love this place. Yeah, when I when I saw that question, uh, my answer was just like all of them, <laughs> like all of the <laughs> obstacles. Like, I remember at one point our team WhatsApp was like, I mean, we had like family emergencies, deaths in families, like COVID. You, I mean, just like, it was, it was like 2020 was like, I got one more thing for you. Hey, quick, one more thing. And it was like, our WhatsApp was like, please send loving good thoughts to this person. Please send, while you're sending loving good thoughts to this person, please send them to, it was like, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've been at this a long time and I don't think ever in my life have I been more grateful for who we have here. And, you know, in the many people who worked here and, and came before, and, you know, this is a smaller version of our team than we had a year ago, a significantly smaller version. And it's obviously a very difficult thing when you have to cut your organization down overnight, right? I had to, this was an overnight thing for all of us, but I've just been so grateful that, that we've been able to be here and, and be here for each other through the years. And I think, you know, one thing just for people to get is that, while these are the people who, who are still here, not everybody was paid for the whole time that <laughs> they were still here. This was a team that shifted into volunteer mode for a little while and made things work. And, you know, a few of us live in a different place than we lived in when this started. It's been such a year of, of transition and it's been a lot. You know, I remember now I'm sort of sitting here getting present to all of the moments of this year you know, and I remember the moment where over Zoom, we all said goodbye to our beloved Jade, our, our office pup. We had closed the office and Jade was not here for 2020. She, she was, um, but just all those moments that we shared with each other throughout this year and were, were not easy moments. They really just were not, were not easy moments, but the only way out was through, you know, and so I think we're still going through to an extent, but. And speaking on that, um, Molly said that, you know, the other day she was in a webinar and they were talking about family owned businesses, like family companies where everybody is family that works there. And she was like, oh yeah, we have a family owned business. Oh wait, no, no, we don't. Never mind. But it, it, it really does feel like that. It just feels like Molly said, like our group text, you know, it's not like you text your boss and say, Hey, there's an emergency. I can't come in today. It, they're not just going to leave it with that. It's going to be like, hey, what's going on? Do you mind if I share with the rest of the team? Is there anything I can do? Like, none of us are close to each other. Cassie and I are the closest and we're still 30 minutes away. <laughs> and, you know, we're not really supposed to be out and about in the world. But yeah, it's just, it's nice to be able to have that safety net, I guess you could call it. I've never been afraid to text, you know, that I'm not feeling well and won't be able to work today. And I have been in jobs before that I'm like, oh, do I do it? Do I not? You know, like still throwing up in the morning, like, oh, if I can, I think I can still do it. You know, like, I think I can still go in. And I feel like so many people in the field have that feeling of their day to day that just kind of brings us back to what we've started working on this year. I think we're just trying to to get other people to feel the way that we do about work. And it's, it's great. So I hope that one day everybody can be in this type of working environment. Yeah. 
Yeah, one thing I appreciate about how connected we all were was our workouts, like back yeah. in the day. <laughs> when was that? May? Y'all, y'all dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we just got to stay together, stay in the boat. All right, who can make it today? When, when it was going to be six or eight weeks and we were all just going to be in like amazing shape when it was over because we worked out every day together. <laughs> we would have kept it up, man. This coming summer, we would have all been yeah. looking good. There you go. We all look good. I think like you remember when my to-do list was like wake up, brush my teeth, make my bed and stay alive for the whole day. Yeah. I was like, if I nail those things, like. Like, I'm like, great job. (laughs) And that doesn't mean I didn't check my email and do work every day. But all I was going to hold myself to was like, wake up, make my bed, brush my teeth and stay alive. Yeah. (laughs) Like, for the whole day. Success, right? So, yeah, it's been a a little bit of a, in hindsight, 2020 has been a little (laughs) bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this kind of leads into the next question from Ashley. You know, we're talking about how strong of a bond we all have together. And she wants to know how the culture that is Global Autism Project was created. Mm. Molly, you're the creator. So (laughs) I'm not, though. That's just it, right? I'm like, (laughs) that's the whole thing. Did you guys notice a shift? I mean, I've only been involved for a couple years. Chung, last year. I know, Liz, you've been here a little bit longer. It's been co-created for sure, right? So actually, from my perspective, the culture of the organization today is the culture I always dreamed about and really just had no idea how even that's possible and how people even do that. And I, I'm not gonna say I did it wrong, because that's not really, but I, I definitely had misguided attempts. And then I remember all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I woke up. And I realized that like, wow, Like the Global Autism Project is the organization with the culture that like I always dreamed we would have, you know, and I think that it takes a minute and it takes a skill set to strike a balance between like being walked all over as a leader and being a leader who no one's afraid to tell you you're not feeling well because they believe in preemptive sick days, (laughs) you know, so it's like, and it's been a learning process for sure. And I think like, yeah, I mean, I just you know, embrace failure, right? Like I just kept falling on my face, trying, trying to build the culture of the organization. And I think that was part of it too, is that while it has to be intentional and co-created, you also, to an extent have to like, let it grow up, you know? And I think the biggest thing in this organization is that this shift, I think, and Cassie and Asia have been here longer, is that we don't step over things, if something happens that feels a little off or we, you know, don't nail a project in the way that we had hoped to, like, it's a conversation and we figure it out. And I think that has probably been a really big shift. But it's interesting because I feel like in my brain when I was in my 20s, I created this culture, although this is beyond my wildest dreams. But it's really been co-created and it's really been intentional. And each of you have have created what we have right now is, is really the important thing to get. I mean, you have, right. It's like, it's funny because people say, you know, they're trying to operationalize like how to get people to care about each other. Mm -hmm. It's like, just care about each other. Yeah. I would even say too, a shift for me has been 
ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a symptom with a lot of organizations outside of this field and organizations I've worked in that you go in and they're like, here are our values here, you know, like you need to adapt yourself to fit it or, you know, or you don't. But a big thing for me is none of us have to shape ourselves to fit the values that we have because we own our role here. You know, if if something goes wrong, I'm not waiting for Molly to fix it. I'm making sure Molly's aware that something, you know, is maybe not working the way it should, you know, and I think all of us are that way. There's something about ownership that I think shifted, you know, typing up values, printing them in beautiful font, stamping them to the wall versus, you know, creating values, questioning the values, being like, you know, when we first started this call today, I was looking at the value communicate openly. And I thought, hmm, that's changed with this team. Like we've got a new, our, ours now is something along the lines of communicate powerfully or intentionally or authentically, you know, it's yeah. like, because we don't step over anything. And that's different than open communication, you know, which is maybe a, a different version of our work culture five years ago was was openness, but it wasn't necessarily intentional or powerful or or what I think we have now, you know. So I think allowing it to shift based on who's here, allowing it to continuously be co-created based on our team and, you know, and every member of the team having real ownership in the work we're doing in this organization. You know, Molly's the founder, but this is my organization too, you know? <laughs> and I think we all feel that way. Mm-hmm. Thanks for creating it, Molly, but you know, <laughs> this is my baby too. <laughs> we co-parent the Global Autism Project. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think another way that everything has been created here, I guess, more than half the people on this call started through Skillcore. I did Liz, I think, Cassie, Rachel. Um, so starting through Skillcore, even just the wording on the application, things are just worded in a way that really make you think and dig a little bit deeper more than, you know, you have in a while. The only other times I can think are when I've had to take, I went to a liberal arts university and you know they make you take some classes when you're a freshman more that are like more metacognitive you know thinking about your thinking and who are you and you know that's really the last time that I've had any of those types of questions posed to me and then you know applying for skill core and going through that process and then being on the trip you know all of the leaders are trained before taking a trip out and so there's just that way of speaking and thinking and acting and being that is embodied within the skill core program. And, you know, after I did my trip, I didn't have time. Did Well, I thought that I didn't have time to travel. That's a whole, that's a whole thing. <laughs> that could be a whole nother podcast about time. <laughs> but I was volunteering as an interviewer from home and then just getting, you know, to ask questions and talk to more people. And then after that, I was like, I need to go to Leadership Academy. I didn't step into a full-time position here until 2019, but I've been volunteering since 2017. And it's just going through that pipeline, that process of, you know, being a Skill Corps member and just seeing the way that everybody interacts with one another and speaks and, you know, just is, it kind of just set me up to understand what type of organization I was stepping into. 
And it's, if you've been, you know, on a skill core trip, you know what I'm talking about. There's just a certain environment or atmosphere that, you know, you've probably never experienced before. And it's stepping into being a staff member. <laughs> um, it, it just carries through in an even more powerful way and it's day to day. So, you know, people who have gone on skill core trips and they're like, oh, I need my, my dose of, you know, skill core. I need my global autism fix for the year. You know, we're lucky because we get it every day. <laughs> like you just have your trip and you have that feeling, you know, we get to come to work every day and feel that. Yeah. I was muted. Uh, what happened? I was muted. No, you're... You unmuted Zoom. <laughs> you just need to be... <laughs> I was like, um, is it me? What's happening? <laughs> Please don't cut this out. This is so on <laughs> brand. I know. <laughs> Molly, again, here's how you do this. Like, what did you do last week? You screwed up your sound and then you're like, Mandy, no one can hear you. Mandy, come on, you're my <laughs> like, Molly, it's you. It's <laughs> you, Molly. I'm like, it doesn't say you're muted, Mandy, but you're muted. <laughs> I need to write up a task analysis for you. I was going to say maybe some visual prompts. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm always like, we need to make sure people know how to engage in the space because when they mess up the tech, it really messes up the whole feel of the whole thing we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Our CEO, the potato. (laughs) (laughs) So recently, not recently, about a month ago, there was a meme going around where the boss turned herself into a potato for the staff meeting and couldn't turn herself out of a potato, couldn't turn herself into herself. And I thought, oh, that's funny. And I had been tagged in that by every single person who works here and had worked here also. People who had worked here previously were like, did you see this? Um, And also, I recently, if you go on Facebook Live with me, you'll see that I have just turned on a snowflake background that I can't turn on. (laughs) So I'm glad I didn't turn myself into a potato. (laughs) That's what I would be. You'd have to go through this whole podcast as a potato. Yes. So as I was saying before all this kerfuffle <laughs> is I do just, it. it is really, you know, one of the things that I realized a few years ago is that as I was walking into the office in Brooklyn that literally my dad and my wife and I built, so I was like, I am literally walking into my dream job. Like this was this grimy old juice bar on the corner in Brooklyn and there is a such thing as a grimy juice bar, as it turns out. And we turned it into this gorgeous office. And I literally walk into my dream job every day, something I only dreamed about years ago in my life. And so I just really felt like that is what I want for anybody who works here, to feel like they walk into their dream job every day. And like, we're, we're doing it. Like, it's, it's happening. So, and when, when they do skill core, you know, that they're like literally like living their dream. Like this is beyond their wildest dream and imagination. And now with Leadership Academy, it's happening too. This, this thing where it's like, they yeah. literally dreamed of having a team like this. They literally dreamed of having this, this type of training and this communication in their own lives. So yeah, we're really fortunate to have that. Yeah. All right. So we forgot to mention that we are recording this on December 21st. So we're actually all in our holiday garb. So people who watch the video on YouTube can have fun looking at all our sweaters. And my sweater has bells on it. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, Cassie did describe hers earlier as having the cat on the tree. Yeah. Everybody should show their... Yeah, you can kind of... Well, mine doesn't really have anything, but it just sparkles. Well, it's still sparkly. Mine says blessed, which I think is very appropriate. <laughs> Asia says, oh, snap. <laughs> Mandy... Mine says, Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> and mine's the cat in the Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So we are recording this at the end of the year, and this is going to be our first episode that's going to be released in January. So I want to ask you guys, you know, looking back on 2020, and, you know, you can kind of reflect on what you've learned about yourself or just about life, but also... What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to in the coming year? Chung, you're nodding your head like, yep, yep, I've got something here. <laughs> I'm processing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that what has been so exciting for me is that, so when we were doing the Skill Corp trips, which are, of course, physical trips, I think there's always this kind of limit that we have to, to hit in order to making sure that you know, all of the trips are going well. And of course, trust me, when I do all the bookings, I know what's the, <laughs> it is important in order to have that limit for our, um, the capacity for our work. So actually starting from 2021, we're switching to definitely a virtual program such as leadership academies, but, or even something that we're not even know of right now. And I'm just so excited that this is where that we can scale up. Uh, and provide these products and provide our work to all the people around the world that actually wanting to, to, to be a part of this. And I feel like that is not only that is sustainable, but it's also scalable. And I think that is, that's what holds up for us in 2021. And I'm very excited for that as well. Yeah, that's a really good point, Chang. And I think I'll add to that with Every year in January, we get together as a team and we kind of talk about our big dream for the year, our vision. We create a focus guide with, you know, specific plans and, and outcomes we're hoping to achieve. And in January 2020, we did have that meeting. And interestingly enough, we kind of got to a point where our vision was so big that we we started questioning everything. We were like, what is our impact? How big can this be? And one of the big things we said was, if we could accomplish anything as an organization, you know, what would we accomplish? Let's list it out, write everything. There's nothing too big. And the amount of stuff we wrote was just like pages and pages. <laughs> I mean, a whole giant whiteboard, right? And we kind of stood back and said, what if we could empower the leaders? Like, what if we were like, that's actually probably 50 different organizations, like the Global Autism Project to achieve all those things, that's either we start 50 new programs or there's 50 other organizations out there already doing a version of this work. And we said, what if we empower and train the leaders of those organizations to thrive and scale and make an impact? We don't have to do any of that stuff. All we have to do is empower the people already doing it. And that's in a nutshell what we already did as an organization by by training and empowering and supporting partners around the world, we took it in that 2020 meeting to a different place altogether by saying, what if we do that 
with multiple organizations? What if we do that with self-advocacy organizations and we've got the self-advocates that are already a part of our team who are empowering other self-advocates to grow and scale their organization? And what if we help, you know, the ABA companies we work with, what if we help them grow and scale and, you know, become better working environments so they don't have turnover in the way that they have and they don't have, you know, unhappy people and unhappy clients, you know, what if we support the music artists that are, you know, creating theater and artistic creative avenues for people with autism? What if we help them grow in scale? And I think what accidentally happened through the pandemic, which, you know, was in a really exciting shift was that we are now kind of doing that leadership academy had to go online because we had no other option. And now we've got this virtual access to communication and collaboration and how to grow and scale your business and how to create a work culture you love. And I think what I'm I'm looking forward to in 2021 is really embracing that opportunity, running with it, and seeing that vision come to life through this this entirely new program that we had no plans of launching. Yeah. So what I'm really excited about is like similar to what Cassie was talking about is is the bigness of of what we're up to. Right. And I think, you know, whenever we hit like a stumbling block or a hurdle or, you know, a global pandemic, it's just like, oh, wait a minute. We have to stop and, and think like, oh, we're just not thinking big enough. Right. And so when you can start to think bigger than the circumstances that you're dealing with, then that's when things get exciting. And so that's what I'm excited for in 2021 is, is what is that going to look like? Honestly, like who can we be as an organization and as a force in the world that is making, you know, an impact that is bringing humanity along to where we want to go to actually create, like we've created a workplace that we love. Like let's create a planet that we love because we can totally do that too. You know? So that's what I'm excited about. That's a big one. (laughs) Liz, what are you excited about? I'm excited about kind of what Asia was just saying. We are excited to see what we're going to create in 2021. We had such a huge list, like Cassie was saying, when we all came together in 2019 for our like annual like back to school kind of like meeting where we're all together thinking of all the things and we had a huge list and I feel like we've accomplished some of them, even though we shifted throughout this year, but just seeing what we're capable of, even with moving to all working remotely, different parts of the world, and just seeing how we were able to create something that's made such a positive impact in the lives of so many with the Leadership Academy going virtual. It's huge. And it just shows me and makes me excited to see what we can do in 2021. And like looking at that list or thinking of that list, I wish we could like share it on YouTube right now because we had so many things on there. And I think as we've moved through this year, even more ideas have sparked. And every time we meet, we're like, what if we do this? And imagine if we do this. And I think it's just, we, we're a team that sees the potential in every opportunity. And I think that just being able to start the new year and saying, hey, this is our year, it's going to be great. Going off of, you know, what everybody's kind of said before, when we came into 2020, just like everybody else, you know, we had a vision for what the year was going to look like. And we were able to host our in-person leadership academy in January. 
We had like 60 people. We all went to a summer camp in Texas. <laughs> it was great. You know, we had a good time. And then we were gearing up for the trips that were going to go out in February and July. And then it all changed. And we kind of realized as a team that we had been so focused on trying to stay in the box of what we had been, what we had, you know, created ourselves to be, that we couldn't see outside of that box and see all the new possibilities. And then we were just kind of forced, I guess you would say, to look at that because we couldn't do any of the things that we had created ourselves to be in the way that we thought. And then we just took, you know, a really hard look at our mission and vision. And we were like, we can still accomplish these things in a different way. So I'm super excited to step into this new year, knowing that, you know, we don't have anything, I guess, stopping us from thinking in different ways now. And we know that we can shift and we can do things differently. And that's fine. It's okay. We were so worried, even when we started talking about you know, having to do programs online, we were like, does that mean that we're going to have to change our name? Like, this is who we are. And I think we, you know, kind of quickly realized, no, who we are is, is our mission and our vision and our values. And those can be shifted to work in different ways. Just because we had been doing one thing for however many years, you don't have to keep doing the same thing. And now that that veil has you know, lifted from all of our eyes, 2020 was just a year of kind of being pushed into doing it, doing something new, doing something different. And this year, we can really be excited about it. And it's not reactive this year. We're able to, to plan again, which is funny to think about, you know, planning after 2020. <laughs> but it's just a really great spot to be in. And it's exciting. Yeah, as you were just talking, Mandy, it got me thinking about how we've all had to learn to be really flexible in 2020, right? And stretch out of those comfort zones as, as cliche as it sounds, even though it's kind of our motto and we say it all the time, but like it's been one hell of a year, right? So <laughs> I'm so excited for, yeah, just the new initiatives that we're, we're rolling out, Leadership Academy, this podcast, the impact that we're going to have, the community that keeps growing and the endless stories that we have to share. And I think through this platform, we have so many possibilities to be able to reach so many people. So yeah, I'm thrilled. Molly, last words? Yeah. I'm really excited about 2021. I think, you know, 2020, what really it did for us is it got us present to the inherent uncertainty of life that is actually always there. Now we're just present to it. Life is no more uncertain tomorrow than it was a year ago. It just feels a lot more uncertain. And I think it's gotten us to get to that space where we can, we can still stand in the place of uncertainty and we can still continue doing what we're doing. And I think just knowing that we've been able to do that through this year has just strengthened all of us, strengthened our work. You know, I remember back in March, I was like, guys, listen, this is kind of like a power outage. And... What we all need to do is keep our flashlights on. And there's going to be times over the next couple of months where the batteries die in somebody's flashlight. And so we all need to stay together and we need to keep our flashlights on. And I think we've, we've done that. Some days, you know, people have been dealing with things. It, on other days, others have been dealing with things. And 
We've stayed in the room. We've kept our flashlights on. And I'm excited for the power to come back on <laughs> in 2021. Feels like the power has started coming back on for sure. You know, and I think also we we generated our own power. You know, when we saw that like, hey, the power is not going to come back on for a little while. It's like we just we just generated it and we created it. And what we created in the face of all that has been 2020 just shows me that we can create anything under any circumstances. So for 2021, I'm really excited to see what that means. All right. Well, any final thoughts, anything else you guys want to add or talk about before we close out? I just want to take a moment and acknowledge you, Rachel, speaking of being flexible. Rachel came to us as a clinician. Rachel is still a clinician. <laughs> and she said, I have this idea. Maybe I could do a podcast. And you know, we foster innovation around here. And it has been one of the brightest spots, I think, of 2020 to have this every week, to have these conversations, and to do this wrap-up podcast. It was really fun and, and sort of this trip down memory lane. I wasn't sure I wanted to go down that lane, that memory <laughs> lane, but I'm like, there was so much goodness this year. There really was. Yeah. And you know, not to diminish any of, of the loss and any of the hardships that 2020 have been, and you know, this team has felt it very closely, but just to acknowledge what, what this podcast has been, what 2020 has been, and yeah, what this episode has been. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So, well, I usually close out with how can people learn more about you, but I guess they can just look at our website. <laughs> follow <laughs> us on Instagram at Global Autism Project. And yeah, follow us on social media. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, we're with the shift, we're shifting and updating our entire website to make a clearer message about who we are today. So, yes. so <laughs> keep an eye on that in the future. And for now, I think follow social media for sure. And the, the podcast, social media, as well as our Global Autism Project. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Happy New yeah. Year. Yeah. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year to all of our yeah. listeners. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. As you may have noticed, we're really excited about what 2021 can bring for our organization. We've learned a lot over the past year, and we're eager to implement some new ideas that will help us expand our impact. I invite you to reflect on your own values and set your intentions around what you envision for 2021. What kind of person are you going to be at work, in your relationships, in your community? How are you going to show up in a compassionate and understanding way for those around you? As always, thanks for listening take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at AutismKnowsNoBorders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, You'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.